Hello everyone, I'm here to read you beautiful old books that are hopefully going to help you learn English whilst getting you to relax and wind down for the day. Or perhaps me reading to you will also help you get to sleep. The books I read are very old and were written more than a hundred years ago. What I have found reading these old books is the mental adjustment that strengthens our creativity. And by doing so, it makes us feel more human, possibly even more normal, to recognize our own feelings and thoughts, fears and hopes, ambitions and hesitations through those we read about. Great Expectation, written in 1867 by Charles Dickens. Chapter 2 My sister, Mrs. Joe Gargery, was more than 20 years old than I and had established a great reputation with herself and the neighbours because she had brought me up by hand. Having at that time to find out for myself what the expression meant and knowing her to have a hard and heavy hand and to be much in the habit of laying it upon her husband as well as upon me. I supposed that Joe Gargery and I were both brought up by hand. She was not a good-looking woman, my sister, and I had a general impression that she must have made Joe Gargery marry her by hand. Joe was a fair man with curls of flaxen hair on each side of his smooth face and with eyes of such very undecided blue that they seemed to have somehow got mixed with their own whites. He was a mild, good-natured, sweet-tempered, easy-going, foolish, dear fellow, a sort of Hercules in strength and also in weakness. My sister, Mrs. Joe, with black hair and eyes, had such a prevailing redness of skin that I sometimes used to wonder whether it was possible she washed herself with a nutmeg grater instead of soap. She was tall and bony and almost always wore a coarse apron fastened over her figure behind with two loops and having a square impregnable bib in front that was stuck full of pins and needles. She made it powerful merit 
in herself and a strong reproach against Joe that she wore this apron so much, though I really see no reason why she would have worn it at all, or why, if she did wear it, she should not have taken it off every day of her life. Joe's forge adjoined our house, which was a wooden house, as many of the dwellings in our country were, most of them at that time. When I ran home from the churchyard, the forge was shut up, and Joe was sitting alone in the kitchen Joe and I being fellow sufferers and having confidences as such, Joe imparted a confidence to me the moment I raised the latch of the door and peeped in at him opposite to it, sitting in the chimney corner. Mrs. Joe has been out a dozen times looking for you Pip and she's now making it a baker's dozen is she yes Pip said Joe and what's worse she's got tickler with her at this dismal intelligence I twisted the only button on my waistcoat round and round and looked in great depression at the fire. Tickler was a wax-ended piece of cane, worn smooth by collision with my tickled frame. She sot down, said Joe, and she got up, and she made a grab at Tickler, and she rampaged out. That's what she did, said Joe, slowly clearing the fire between the lower bars with the poker and looking at it. She rampaged out, Pip. Has she been gone long, Joe? I always treated as a larger species of child and is no more than my equal. Well, said Joe, glancing up at the Dutch clock, she's been on the rampage this last spell, about five minutes, Pip. She's a coming. Get behind the door, old chap, and have the jack towel betwixt you. I took the advice, my sister, Mrs. Joe, throwing the door wide open and finding an obstruction behind it, immediately divined the course and applied Tickler to its further investigation. She concluded by throwing me I often served as a canoeable missile at Joe, who glad to get a hold of me on any terms, 
passed me on the chimney and quietly fenced me up there with his great leg. Where have you been, you young monkey, said Mrs. Joe, stamping her foot. Tell me directly what you've been doing to wear me away with fret and fright and worrit, or I'd have you out of that corner if you was 50 pips and he was 500 gargries. I have only been to the churchyard, said I from my stool, crying and rubbing myself. Churchyard repeated my sister, if it weren't for me, you'd have been to the churchyard long ago and stayed there. Who brought you up by hand? You did, said I. And why did I do that? I should like to know, exclaimed my sister. I whimpered, I don't know, I don't said my sister, I'd never do it again. I know that. I may truly say I've never had this apron of mine since you were born. It's bad enough to be a blacksmith's wife and him a gargri without being your mother. My thoughts strayed from the question as I looked disconstantly at the fire for the fugitive out of the marshes with the iron leg, the mysterious young man, the file, the food and the dreadful pledge I was under to commit a larceny on those sheltering premises rose before me in the avenging coals. Ha, said Mrs. Joe, restoring Tickler to his station. Churchyard indeed. You may well say churchyard, you two. One of us by the by had not said it at all. You'll drive me to the churchyard betwixt you one of these days and oh, oh precious pair you'd be without me.